0: Welcome to this episode of Athletic Training Chat. On this one, our third episode, we have Adam Real, who is a certified athletic trainer who is currently overseas in China working with their Olympic development programs, uh, working with fencing currently. Uh, We've gotten to know Adam. He spent three years at uw Lacrosse with us. Uh, Great guy. Learned a lot from him. Was really happy to have him around. Uh, Got a lot of things started up with Adam, but... He gives a really unique insight into this pilot, for lack of a better term, program that the NATA, in accordance with some uh, people over in China, set up sending 50 to 60 athletic trainers over to work with their teams. It's been a unique experience for them. It's been one that's had a lot of trial and error, uh, but we think it provides a lot of insight as this is an area that it's probably going to grow over the next several years and decades as athletic trainers look to go international with our profession and this is just the tip of that iceberg so if you have any interest in working internationally especially if you're a younger practitioner definitely want to check this uh episode out with adam he'd be happy to answer anybody's questions we'll link up that stuff if you want to follow him at the end um, he provided that information for us that will also be on the post so go ahead and check that out without further ado enjoy this episode Welcome, everybody, to this episode of Athletic Training Chat, hashtag ATChat. Um, we are calling in with Adam Real, who is an athletic trainer that I've gotten to know over the past four years, uh, give or take, who is currently in China, where it is about 9.15 there at night, and it's 7.15 in the morning for me. So I'm glad we got this to work out, but... Um Adam like I said just if you can give a little bit more background um kind of your athletic training career up to this point and we'll kind of jump into a bunch of the conversation topics.
1: Yep, sure. So uh did my undergraduate degree in athletic training at Xavier University in Cincinnati. I have a graduate degree in kinesiology from Bowling Green State University. Uh, graduated there in 2015, and then headed up to Wisconsin, to University of Wisconsin Lacrosse, where I was at for three years, uh, before heading, moving over to China uh, this past May, end of May, I moved over here. Um, at UWL, I worked with just about every sport there, I think. <laughs> uh, at least that never happened. Stand. <laughs> um, uh, main sports being main sport being gymnastics, uh, but also helped out with soccer and volleyball quite often. Um, and then over here in China, I'm stationed out of Beijing, working with the uh, national fencing team. So definitely, definitely a eclectic mixture of sports that I've been involved with
0: you didn't exactly pick the like straightaway kind of traditional in quotes for sports for the ones that you're working with
1: well i didn't even pick fencing i got assigned Uh, to fencing so
0: (laughs) fair um
1: which i'm still trying to figure out how that happened because nothing in my resume supports (laughs) me being put fencing but i i've enjoyed it for the most part um learned a lot i enjoy working with different sports so it's a good experience.
0: So just to kind of jump into one that you didn't really talk about just as a different sport, but I, we can get into the details of it and I'll let you explain it. Like your work with varsity cheerleading yep. um, and some yeah. of the international travel you've done with them, but also it was just in your grad school, right, that you did it? Uh, did you do it in undergrad so,
1: um, I've actually worked for – um varsity varsity is kind of their overarching brand um it's um uh to my knowledge the world's largest uh cheerleading dance team um and spirit uh program uh in the world um but um I started working for one of their subsidiaries, uh, Universal Cheerleaders Association, in undergrad um, as a cheerleading instructor um, um, while I was there. And then when I graduated from undergraduate, I flipped over to uh, the camp administration and first aid side of it and then worked for that part of it. Uh, through grad school and also through my time at UWL. I was still working for him.
0: Gotcha. And you were a cheerleader during grad school?
1: I was a I started cheerleading back in high school, actually. I okay. This is my, I
0: didn't even know. Uh,
1: my I started cheerleading my uh, sophomore year of high school. Uh, kind of a group of my guy friends got together and were like, "Hey, let's do this. Let's why not?" Uh, and then ended up uh, sticking with it for ten years. So all the way through grad school. Now so, com- actually did competition cheerleading in grad school with the university. Uh, was a member of their uh, national championship team and a third place team.
0: Yeah, I remember seeing that rock of a ring. That you would wear every <laughs> now and again. That thing was gigantic. Uh,
1: mainly my first year at UWL, and it was yeah. really that first semester. After that, I kind of stopped wearing it around. I
0: yeah. don't know that I've ever worn the one that I have. It's it's prominently on my desk at home, but I don't know.
1: <laughs>
0: Especially because I don't. If I worked at that university, still, I would probably wear it to some bigger functions. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's fun to say <laughs> that you have, because not everybody gets one of those. Oh,
1: no, definitely definitely is
0: so one question i had and this would be actually be really interesting now that you're working with fencing so you, we could make the argument like um with your spirit and your gym or cheerleadings into gymnastics could tie it kind of tie together because from what i can tell the cheerleading you did don't don't think sideline of high school football games pom-poms and yelling it's some pretty amazing stuff. And I know just at my time at Oklahoma state watching their t- squads and what they did, like yep. just yep. un- unbelievable. I mean, it's impressive. Um, how much did it help you being in that sport to care for that sport is part one of that question. And then part two, how have you found in your current role with fencing, which I'm assuming you had heard about before you went over there, but probably never done. How have you figured out how to get into that? Is it a hindrance having never been exposed to it before?
1: I've never, the most fencing I had seen before coming over here was highlights of it during the Olympics. That's all I'd been, (laughs) I don't think I had ever actually watched a fencing competition during the Olympics, just the highlights. Um but kind of back to that first to part. Still
0: not understand the scoring system.
1: Uh yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> um but All right, so, so the first part of that question um I it it definitely helped have having experience within the sport um to to be able to treat it. Um the the role with varsity is a little interesting we're not we're not technically hired as athletic trainers we're hired hired as first aiders gotcha um so our role as far as treatment is minimal we we really the most treatment we do is throw a bag of ice on something or maybe tape gotcha um our our role there um, if we're certified, if we're a certified athletic trainer, um, is to, if somebody comes over, say they got landed on, um, we can do a quick, uh, concussion assessment. If we think it's a concussion, then they're done until they get cleared for a doc by a doctor. Um, or if it's, we, we can suggest they go get x-rays if we think they need it, um, but we can't technically withhold um, anybody from participating in the camp. Gotcha. Um, so so as far as the treatment of an injury goes, um, it, it, it wasn't really necessary for me to have experience in the sport. Now, when it comes to communicating with that with the cheerleaders, it definitely helps. Um, being able to get a, a th- very thorough history about what exactly happened um, and being able to communicate in a way that they would understand. Kind of transitioning that into gymnastics, I already knew a lot of the biomechanics um, because things are a little similar mainly with the floor routines mm-hmm. um but also just kind of knowing the the terminology and cheerleading as far as like the tumbling part goes is all about how many how many flips and how many twists you do well in gymnastics they take that a step further and give it names <laughs> So I was still able to communicate based on the number of flips and twists they were doing. Um, but it was just putting a name to it. Um, really, but, um, really it's just just about the communication mainly is, is the best part about having experience in that sport. Um, kind of being able to communicate with the athletes better, um, and understanding where they're, what, what exactly happened to them. Um, into the second part of that question with fencing um i actually didn't know i was going to be put with fencing until about the second day i was over here uh, we were going through our orientation process and my supervisor calls me goes hey can we have this meeting sure meet with them. he goes so i've been looking at your resume and i think uh we'll put you with fencing <laughs> okay let's do it sure why not right um and then the next day i moved about uh about five miles away from where i was to kind of the outer outer rim of beijing um to work with the to the fencing training base so um but as far as getting into the sport um Because I did, I mean, I had seen the sport, so it wasn't completely new to me. Um, But as far as what I was even looking at, it it took me about a week um, before I was really kind of comfortable with what the different weapons were. Um, Because there's three different weapons
0: uh, within fencing.
1: Uh, foil, epé, and saber. Uh, okay. And each one, each weapon is scored differently. Uh, the techniques are different. Uh, get there's a lot of differences between each one. Um, so, and I'm still learning all of them.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, and that's after being over here for seven months, Eight? Seven, seven, eight something like that. I lose track of time. Right. Um, but I, I definitely think that having a wide range of experience as far as sports coverage goes, definitely gives me an advantage when coming into a sport that I've never had experience with because I can kind of draw on, on, Hey, this, this part of this sport is kind of like this, this is kind of like this, um, And so it's, it, it definitely gives me a little bit of an advantage. Um,
0: What are, do you have like most common injuries in fencing that you've seen? um, I know you haven't been there for super long in terms of being able to see like
1: repetitive. I mean, again, it, it also kind of depends on which weapon, um, because the techniques and scorings are a little bit different. Okay. Um, we have a lot of, a lot of ankle sprains, a lot of ankle sprains. Um, uh, we've had two, two ACL tears. Um, we have, uh, some kind of, uh, lateral epicondylitis.
0: Okay. Uh, I could see that from holding the implement. The implement.
1: You, foil and epe use a lot of wrist movement. Okay. Um, so that puts a lot of stress there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, knees, hips, backs, they're constantly in a squatted position for training and competition. Um, so definitely knees, hips, and backs are pretty common too.
0: Gotcha. Well, we can continue on with some more stuff um, with China since we've already kind of opened that one. How, how would you say the experience has been? Like, this is a new thing. It seemed to come kind of out of nowhere, for lack of a better description. And, like, yeah. you, you telling me about it and even just listening to Mark Gibson about the opportunity, yeah. too, it was like, oh, this is, like, an idea. Like, maybe we'll try. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, hey, this is happening. They want 70 people yeah. in China in, like, the next month.
1: Yeah. um, Well, that's kind of how things are done over here. It's you you see your goal and then you kind of, what's the first step of that goal? Okay, let's do that. Now, what's the second step of that goal? Okay, now let's do that. So the first step of the goal was getting people over here. So they brought everybody over here. Now they're kind of working on that second step. Gotcha. Uh, Not a hundred percent sure what the second step is, but (laughs) Uh, it's working on, they're working on it. Um, But no, it's, it's definitely a a new experience. Um, Being uh, as the, the medical culture as a whole, um, has it hasn't quite caught up to Western Western standards. Okay. Uh, so, especially in sports medicine, sports medicine here, um, they they still do a lot of a lot of acupuncture, um, a, a lot of cupping, a lot of, a lot of massage. Um. Uh, they use a lot of heat. Um, I've actually uh, got to see shockwave therapy done for the first time
0: okay i've heard of it Yeah, i don't think i've ever ever actually seen it though
1: i've i i don't think i was ever even actually taught about it um can't quite remember if that was taught in my undergrad class or not but um yeah so i've got to experience that over here um but the the concept of rehab um, and actually doing exercises to get better um, it is still a foreign concept to them. So I'm coming over here. I have all this treatment experience, every all, all this evaluation, but I'm also working with three Chinese doctors while I'm over here. Okay. Um, e- each weapon has their own Chinese doctor. Oh, wow. Wow. Uh, And and so they do, they do the majority of it. I'm averaging maybe one or maybe one or two people a day. Um, And and it's generally the same, same one or two people. Um, But the, just trying to slowly integrate and show them how exercise can be used, not necessarily to replace what they're doing because that's not what I'm here to do. I'm not to complete, not to here to replace, replace them. Um, but kind of enhance what their treatments are already doing and kind of add this rehab portion into it. Um, and so I'm just, I'm still working on getting buy-in from a lot of people. I'm, I'm starting to, uh, work in and try to Build these relationships with the athletes, especially um, to get them to kind of trust me. Um, but it, it's it's not easy.
0: As you say, how's that going with you know language barrier being? Um, first off, you're yeah, new, which is its own yeah thing. But it, then you can't just readily first off speak. I'm new.
1: First off, I'm new. Second off, I'm foreign. R- right. Uh, so so they 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 struggle with the whole trust trusting foreigners over here um, from what I've gathered from other people that I work with over here
0: well Um, the whole political climate probably isn't helping that either so yeah you're welcome
1: yeah that that doesn't help Um, but um, you know I'm kind of picking up some phrases here and there trying to learn the language a little bit it's proving a lot more difficult I heard I it is thought. a very tough um, language. Mandarin is probably one of the toughest, if not the toughest, foreign language. That's what I've heard. Um, to learn. Um, but
0: quick aside, I, have you ever tried Duolingo? What's that? It's an app on your phone Duolingo. Duolingo? Yeah. I
1: haven't tried that. I've tried Rosetta Stone.
0: Um, Duolingo, uh, it's free. I'm pretty sure they have Mandarin on it. And it's like, you try and complete like two courses a day and there's like yeah. talking ones or like, just, it's like little games. Yeah. Um, I was attempting to teach myself Spanish and then got lazy. I give that a shot.
1: Yeah, <laughs> definitely might give that one a shot. Um, but it's the, their, their education over here, they're required to take, I think it's like four to six years of English. Oof. um with it in their educational structure okay um so some some of the some of them um speak pretty good english enough to communicate with um there's one or two of them that are pretty fluent um so i kind of utilize them a little bit more um we also have uh, two of our coaches are French, um, okay. So they have they have translators assigned to them through the federation, um, and so I utilize them a little bit too. But um, it 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 it's a whole different culture over here too.
0: Um, yeah, how has so that been your experience? Here,
1: um, it's the I I always say the living over here is not the hard part. Um, I, I do enjoy living over here. Beijing is a very international city. Um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of foreigners that live over here. There's a lot of things to do. Um, like me and some of the other athletic trainers and physios will go off base, um, to, there's an area over here called San Latune. Um, that's a very big international area um and they've got international restaurants over there so whenever we go off base we don't even have to eat chinese food because we get enough of that when we're on base
0: i can imagine
1: uh, <laughs> but yeah so the the culture the culture's is not hard i don't think it's too hard to adjust to um other people will probably disagree with me um
0: you seem to be a pretty adaptable guy from my time knowing
1: yeah Yeah, I I try to be. Makes life easier. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. Makes life easier. Right. Um (laughs) but yeah, I the the working here, just the the sports medicine culture um is actually harder for me to adjust to over here. Just because it doesn't really fit in with what athletic trainers uh, are when when I think of athletic training i think of prevention treatment rehab right like and all three of those treatment is already taken care of a lot over here by the chinese doctors with their with their techniques um and the prevention and prevention they don't they don't like white tape over here they love their kinesio tape
0: i've heard this story and, so many times
1: and do they love their k-tape k-tape is actually cheaper over here uh their brand okay. of k-tape is actually cheaper over here than it is in the states um and white tape is actually more expensive over here than k-tape yeah that's the one i've run They're into
0: like when i've gone overseas uh, to tape with mueller yep. is even, like, the Mueller reps don't understand why, like, because they use K-Tape for everything. Like, they try and tape an ankle, like, even kind of our traditional yep. way, with K-Tape. Yep. And so that was trying, trying to explain to them, and that's basically the reason I went over there, is to show that there were other ways mm-hmm. to do it. And then they were uh, would also run into is they didn't like the white tape because it wasn't sticky enough. And they would rather go with like, for lack of a better description, like a luco tape that had so much tact to it, cool. which I could never imagine taping an ankle in luco tape. I would hate myself trying to do it. Yeah, so that was the other one. Is like having me demonstrate and show that you could get a good benefit from using yep. something else. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, it was really interesting. But,
1: but yeah, they, I've I've taped a couple of them with white tape, and they. All they said was too tight, too tight, too tight. <laughs> like, all right. Um,
0: I literally just laid it down with no tension. Yeah, not that tight.
1: But if I, if I were to tape one of the gymnasts at UWL like that, they'd be like, "Make it tighter." Right. <laughs> yeah. And and so it's I've had to adjust to that. But um, yeah. So and then, and then the rehab portion of it, where I'm still trying to get my foot in the door um, to get athletes to buy into it. And I get an athlete. There's times where I've done an evaluation on an athlete, gotten them started on a rehab program the same day. And then I won't see him again just because I, I don't have control over if they, if they don't come see me, they'll just go see a team doc and be fine
0: with it. Right. So
1: I, I just don't have much authority in the in the treatment room over here
0: so have you found i know again it's been like a short time but you know it seems like you have pressure to get you know basically find the most bang for your buck when you see them and especially in the rehab realm where there's so many options and like rehab and there's just so many exercises you know it's different like when you were staying at uwl where we can't chase people away it's just like moths drawn a flame downstairs um so you get a lot of time to practice and like test out things yep. have you found not necessarily techniques per se but like certain rehab exercises or things that have um where you I, it almost seems like you have to have like that magic like here's the one like if i do this right I know they're gonna feel better which at least will convince them to come back and maybe try something else
1: right um so uh, another thing I've noticed is that the 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 culture over here it's not necessarily how well you do do the exercise; it's can you do the most reps. So okay. technique so technique isn't isn't stressed a whole lot in my okay. experience from what I've seen, uh, um, and so I've also had to really focus on the technique of an exercise as well. Um, but uh, as far as go-to exercise, um, I've started using, uh, actually, uh, a TRX okay. system. Yeah. Uh, we, I went out and at one of the markets over here, I bought one, um, and uh, hung it up. And I've actually been using that a lot. Um, something different, something they don't do a lot of, um, a lot of them, when I bring them up to them, they, when I bring, bring them up to the the trainer, they're like, what is that? (laughs) Um, So some of them haven't even seen, seen one before. Um, so I've kind of been using that a lot. Um, the, The country as a whole even just walking around and looking at people walking uh glute strength is terrible over here
0: i just hear about like when you're saying your hips and knees
1: i see that in the general public um too so i do a lot of a lot of glute and glute knee strengthening um with every injury be it ankle knee hip bow (laughs) back right they all they all get some sort of glute strengthening
0: sounds eerily familiar So, so if you could go back now to when you first got there and from what you've gained over your seven or eight months what would you tell yourself like are there things that you could improve that you would improve not necessarily you personally but just in general um to help like maximize your time over there.
1: Uh started learning mandarin a little earlier.
0: Oh, well, <laughs> you had so much time to do that too, so but yeah, I can understand that.
1: Um that that definitely would have would have helped at least getting some kind of conversational um right. in so I can at least talk to them a little bit. Um even if it's not about an injury or whatever, just being able to communicate with them definitely helps. Um, uh, can, I guess be, be more aggressive with things. Um, I'm, I'm kind of very – I took on the – idea of come over here, kind of observe a little bit, see what they're doing, and then try to incorporate what I'm good at right. into what they're already doing. Um, well, that kind of evolved into now the docs over here are kind of telling me who I can see and kind of, they're kind of referring people to me. Right. I'm not getting many referrals <laughs> from them, um, and, and even still, when I do do get them, I don't have any of that power um, to really do a long term treatment right. with anybody. Um,
0: Seems like a so fine line.
1: It, yeah, yep, yeah, definitely a fine line because it's a very big. Uh, they're, they're very high on respect over here, so I yeah, didn't you don't want to come, come in too in high and, and do anything that offended anybody. Right. Um. Right. And so, especially not knowing what offended people. Yep. Um, well, that can be tough. <laughs> so that yeah, that's that that was definitely a big thing. Is just kind of be a little bit more aggressive when I first got over here.
0: Yep. I, that's one I've talked about with a few people when we even got into it. Um, I don't remember who I was talking to. But it's like just that faith in your own ability and that you are your own version of an expert on what you do. And to have confidence in that, but like you said, not come in.
1: That was in your first episode talking with Malcolm, I think.
0: Yeah, actually, yeah. That, there you go. That's That's where it was. <laughs> <laughs> But not coming in like hot where now you're just that person that thinks they know everything and having some level of humility to it. That's, that's the, that's a tough thing to balance.
1: Oh, definitely.
0: Well, any other topics specifically you'd like to cover before we hop into our AT chat questions?
1: Nope. I think uh, all the China stuff was good. (laughs)
0: Awesome. Well, then the first question is, what does being an athletic trainer mean to you?
1: Oh, um, being an athletic trainer mean to me, uh, kind of, uh, kind of the Jack of all trades, I guess, uh, we, we definitely, I mean, we have the, the, sco- the scope of athletic training, but then we also, I mean, we also play a role in, as a, as a psychologist, as a, I mean, we deal with the mental aspects of sports. We deal with nutrition and, and everything. Um, and uh, I saw somewhere was the continuum of rehab. mm and it works all the way from true rehab in the low intensity up until up to almost being in that strength and conditioning aspect of it just by changing the intensity or and things of that. So we definitely uh, um, play a role as far as that goes. Um, but I, I think the mental aspect of a sport is where. um We kind of lose sight of a little bit I think of Um, and and that's a that's a big part of what what we do because we do see the athletes every day we work with them every day whether it's in the athletic training room or just seeing them at practice Um, we're kind of that, that that person that they can go to and I mean they can't necessarily go to their coach for everything or uh, not necessarily a teammate. Um but but we're kind of there and we're always there to listen. So I think that's a that's a big part of what we do that kind of gets lost in the shuffle.
0: For sure. I can couldn't agree more with some of those statements. Um where do you see the athletic training profession going in the next five to ten years?
1: Um so, I, I definitely think as as far as internationally goes, I definitely think there's a big push for athletic training to go international. Um, especially with my experiences over here, um, I know of athletic training. Uh, some people, I mean, with uh, like uh, summer league baseball and stuff like that, working in the Dominican Republic and in kind of the Central American countries, um, but I think there's a big push for that, and I think we'll we'll slowly start working our way um, to more than just a, a truly American profession. Um, I think that's uh, that that kind of goes along with the uh, progression to a master's degree as well, because um, I think as 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 the profession gets uh, that higher level of degree the international community community will kind of accept it a little bit more as well.
0: For sure. Yeah, it's been interesting. Mark Gibson's been busy on the international trail again, and some of the things <laughs> he's got coming, he's mentioned and coming up. There's definitely notice being taken. Yeah. What advice would you give yourself as a young athletic trainer and maybe just you can set when you would go back and get that advice is it undergrad is it grad school um i, mean, exactly well, I would, I would go veteran. all the way
1: back i would go all the way back to undergrad um <clears throat> definitely kind of don't pass up opportunities um just because you think you need to have a summer job or something like that. Um, I, I passed up many an opportunity in undergrad. Um, I mean that was to work that I did pass them up to work with varsity so I still had that job even all the way through and I think that was a great experience as well but there were definitely other opportunities um, that, I, that I could have taken. Through undergrad, um, that that would have definitely helped my resume um, that I had turned down. But I, de- I definitely think that would be the big thing: is just don't don't pass up an opportunity because you think you need to make money. You have your entire life to make money. I invest in you. Invest in yourself.
0: I have echoed that one, and at the same time, very much been like, I get it. It sucks to not have any money, but yeah. You'll, you'll thank me later. (laughs) What has been the most influential resource that you have found throughout your career thus far or resources?
1: Yeah. Um, I know everybody, everybody says preceptors and, and that was one of them. (laughs) Um, but I'm actually a big fan of, it's not just one, but I I read a lot of, um, books written by coaches. So like I've read, I'm in currently in the process of reading, uh, one of John Wooden's books on leadership, um, and anything that has to do with the leadership aspect of it. Um, so I, I definitely, uh, that one um there was one i think it was uh merrill hodge's book i read a couple years ago uh i forget the title of it
0: i can picture it but yeah uh
1: he after he wrote that he actually spoke at the nata convention in indianapolis maybe no not in was it indy he spoke at one. He spoke at one of the NATA conventions after he wrote that. Okay. Um, but um, that book as well. Awesome. Those, those two, I definitely, yeah. Leadership. Leadership is. I. I try to pick up as many things. I actually did my uh, graduate project on leadership in athletic training. So I try to keep up to date with that.
0: Total side note, but I'll talk to you about it after we finish you answering the questions because I may have to hit you up for that out of curiosity. <laughs> um, last question: If you could change or eliminate one thing, could be modality, common practice, mindset, so on and so forth, in the field of athletic training, what would it be and why? Oh,
1: um. Uh, I would definitely have to go kind of echo one of the things you said earlier and that we're, we're not, we're not able to be an expert and kind of get rid of that constant that mindset and and that we are just, I mean, we're, we're at a bachelor's degree level right now, but that doesn't mean that we can't be uh, on par with every other medical profession out there just be just because of the level of degree we're at um, I mean just we, we do all the continuing education we put in the hours in the, in the clinic the um, we, we as a profession we can be we can be as important as any other medical profession out there
0: I agree I like it I think we need that shift just just to get out of the I think it's happened more, but you know that yeah. a PT or a DC doesn't, right? You know, mean everything. Sure, everybody's got their specialty, but so can we.
1: Yep.
0: Yes, I agree completely. Um, anything else that you want to share?
1: Nope. I'm um,
0: sure, sure you're gearing up for better stuff. So.
1: But, well, there's kind of one thing. So with, with this whole living overseas thing, I definitely think, and this, this is beyond athletic training. This is just in general to anybody. Um, but I think li- living anywhere, a significant dis- distance away from your comfort zone. I mean, you don't have to go to the other side of the world. You could go to the other side of the country, a couple states away, but you got to get out of your comfort zone. And that's when you truly find out what you're made of and who you want to be and really discover yourself is when you're outside of your comfort zone. And I think it's something that every, everybody should do at least once in their life. And it doesn't have to be for a year or longer. It could be for a month, like, it, you
0: just got to get out of your comfort zone. Agreed. Short times that I've had overseas just on those trips, like, it, you just, you get a whole new appreciation for stuff that you didn't even know. Yep. You, you don't know it until you see it firsthand.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Awesome. Well, if anybody, if people wanted to follow you or keep tabs on what you're doing, any place they could do that from? <laughs> Or if they've got questions Uh, about potentially doing something overseas in China, I'll leave that up to you on what you want to share.
1: I'm on Facebook. Uh, Email. Adam.real.90 at gmail.com. That's really it. I don't do Twitter. Don't do Instagram.
0: You're so old school. I know, right? Awesome. Well... Thanks for taking the time to hop on late at night.
1: Yeah. Slash early in it's the morning.